Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Ruth Sukup. Now, Ruth is a blogger, author, and entrepreneur, as well as the New York Times bestselling author of Living Well, Spending Less, and the founder of The Living Well Planner. Now, through a popular blog, you may have heard of it, livingwellspendingless.com. She encourages more than a million monthly readers to follow their dreams and reach their goals, sharing easy-to-implement tips and strategies for saving time and money while focusing on things that matter most in life. She lives in Florida with her husband, Chuck, and her two daughters, Maggie and Annie, and I'm so excited to have with us today, Ruth Suka. Welcome. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here today. Now, Ruth, take us back, because not too long ago, you didn't have any books, and, and you've just been you know, a content machine, and I, I want to dive into that some on this interview, but take us back to the first book, and, and what made you decide to write a book in the first place, and what sparked the idea and, and the passion for that first book? Well, I, it's funny. I actually did, I've done like five books in five years. So it's been pretty busy, but in three of those have been self-published and two have been traditionally published. And so my first book concept was, or the first kind of idea for writing a book, I ended up going to a writing conference and met an agent and did all the kind of traditional stuff. And that was for living while spending less. So that was my sort of my first book concept. I had this idea that I needed to write and I wanted to write a book because I felt like that was, that was where I was being led to go. And so then we, I started working on this book, did this proposal, gave the proposal to my agent. She started pitching it. And then I had all this like nervous energy and I didn't know what to do with it. And so at the same time I had been, you know, really working on my blog and, and I, my husband had just quit his job so that he could be a stay at home dad. And I was doing the blog full time. And I had all these people who were asking me, well, what are you doing differently? And why are you, you know, what are you doing on your, on your blog that we're not getting? And can you share your, can you share what you're doing? And so I was like, well, I'll just write it all down and I'll put, make a book out of it. And so that was how my first self-published book came to be, which was how to blog for profit without selling your soul. And it was sort of just this project that I took on it, to deal with all the nervous energy that I had from the other book project that was going on. And it, as it turns out, it was just, it, it kind of exploded all on its own without re- really me expecting it to. And what happened after you, re- after you wrote and launched that first book? Uh, well, with which one? <laughs> the, well, the, the blogging for profit one was that, I mean, you said you yeah. just kind of put it out there and then it sounds like it did a lot better than you expected. It did do a lot better than I expected. I just put it out there without really having any expectations of it. I mean, that was that's not my audience as bloggers. I just knew a lot of bloggers and I was in a lot of blogging Facebook groups and stuff. So I was like, hey, I wrote this book if you're interested. And people were interested, as it turns out, and they started reading it. And and so that sort of took off all on its own. And then from there, um, I actually ended up doing 
doing a second. So the first version, first edition was just on Kindle. And I ended up doing a second edition in paper, but like updating the content, making it longer, and then doing a paperback version and a Kindle version before all before um, the Living Well, Spending Less actually came out. So that that was all had already two editions. But and even though I started it afterwards, um, so it just showed like how much quicker self-publishing is than <laughs> But <laughs> it's been, that's been, it's been an amazing, like, it's been amazing. It's allowed me, doing How to Blog for Profit allowed me to launch a whole separate side of my business mm. that I would have never have had otherwise. And so when that, when that sort of took off and people realized that I was an expert in that area um, and the, I got the credibility from writing the book and having the book become like an Amazon bestseller and so people started doing wanting to do consulting. So I did consulting for a while on the side. And then I found that that was taking up a lot, a lot of time. But not only just that, people were asking a lot of the same questions over and over again, which was just tell me step by step what I need to do to grow a successful blog, which was kind of the foundation of the book. But I could I knew I could go a lot deeper. And so that's how I developed my online blogging course, which has been hugely successful. And that side of the business has just exploded as well. Oh, wow. So it, it sounds like when you launched that book, you had no idea that that side of the business would even happen, but then it just kind of no. unfolded. It was sort of a fluke. Yeah, it was It was not like I didn't write that book for my existing audience. I wrote it for a totally different audience and I had no idea where it would take me, but it's been a really interesting journey and it's been, it's been really fun because I think at, at my core, I whether it's my Living Well, Spending Less audience or my Elite Blog Academy audience, I love um, teaching and I love, um, taking a lot of complicated information and breaking it down into systems that make people's lives easier. So for, I do that for women at living well, spending less. And I do that for bloggers at Lee blog Academy. And I see it as a lot of the same, the same thing. We, we say our mission at living well, spending less Inc, which is my company is to provide practical solutions for everyday overwhelm. And so we, we help overwhelm women, we help overwhelm bloggers and we, we help them both, um, in two different ways. Got it. So what, what percentage of your business would you say that, that that is now that side of the business? Um, I would say, let's see. Audience wise, it's probably, uh, I don't know, maybe less than a 10th of my audience. Um, income wise, it's probably about 30% of our company's income right now. Wow. That's great. Well, how did you originally go from book to the other things? Did you go straight from the book to the consulting side of things? Did you immediately do the course? Like, what did that look like? Um, it happened kind of organically, and while it didn't feel it didn't feel that fast at the time, I think when you look back, things always seem like, oh, that really wasn't that much time. Like, it, um, probably over the course of a year from maybe from the time that the second edition of the book came out to the time that we launched Elite Blog Academy was about a little more than a year. Uh, but what happened was when, when the book came out and people were um, interested in the book, they started contacting me about consulting. And so I did that probably for about six to eight months, maybe even a little bit longer, and um, then was getting those same questions. And I was, I, I was thinking actually of just writing another book at that point. And then I went to a conference and I, um, and I, like, I was thinking of writing a kind of a follow-up book to elite to how to blog for profit. And then I went to a conference where 
they were talking about courses and I realized this could be an amazing course. And that's sort of what got set into motion for creating, for creating a course. Got it. Now, what, <laughs> with, with your first book, what was the toughest part of, of writing it, like the creation process? Because I know for a, a lot of people that the, the first one can be the hardest. Was that the case for you yes. or has it gotten easier or what was it like? <laughs> it has definitely gotten easier. I will say that it was two different processes. processes or is that the right way, the, the right plural of that? Uh, for How to Blog for Profit, I think because it was such a fluke, Thing that maybe I wasn't emotionally that emotionally invested in where it was more like, a, okay, I'll just write all this stuff down. It was actually very easy to write because it just sort of flowed. And it was like, oh, I'll just write everything that's in my head. And my the way that my mind works is in a very methodical, structured way, which I think is why I'm good at what I do, because I, it just, I can take a lot of different information and put it into something that makes sense for other people. But, um, so for that book, it was really easy and it just kind of all flowed out. But for Living Well, Spending Less, which was my first traditionally published book, that one was brutal because it was so personal and I had so much emotionally invested into it. And it was really like, I say that process almost broke me so many times. And when I talk to other first time authors, they all feel that way. Like they're, you know, they're on their knees, just like, I can't do this. I'm crap. Like I was second guessed everything I was doing. I thought I'm just a, a hack who can't write and nobody's ever going to want to read what I have to say. And this is why am I even doing this? Like it was really, really hard and horrible and gut wrenching. And, um, I will say that in the subsequent books, like my second traditionally published book, which uh, came out just a few weeks ago, which I love even more than my first traditionally published book was so much was night and day with writing. It was so much easier to write. And my other books have been so much easier to write as well. <laughs> what were the lessons learned from that difficult time uh, with, with living well, spending less? And then how have you used those to make your, your most recent book to make the writing process a lot easier and make the end product much better? I think what I always try to keep in mind is um, I, I don't focus so much on how I'm feeling and how I'm going to be perceived by other people, but more how can I pour into this book in order to give the people who are reading it what they need. So when I when I turn the focus away from the way I'm feeling and my own insecurities and turn it on to how can I actually serve the people that are reading this book, it makes it it makes it easier to write first of all and it also just like makes me forget about feeling insecure about it. And like, I'm not good enough to do it. Or like, nobody will want to hear what I have to say. Because when you're really actively working to help people, people do want to hear that. And what were, what were maybe like the low points of that, of the living well, spending less? And how did you get through that? Because for a lot of people, it's like, man, this is so tough. I just want to give up. Like you were saying, I suck. This book sucks. This isn't going to help anyone. How'd you get through that? Yeah. I have an amazing accountability partner who um, ironically is writing her first book now. And so I've had the chance to return the favor many times over with her because she's now going through it where she's like, I suck. I can't write. And I think it's such a normal part of the process. So I, I think like going forward, understanding that it's a normal part of the process and that everybody feels that way makes it a lot easier sometimes to get through. But having somebody where you can call and say, I just feel like I am worthless and that they can build you up again and they're the right person and they're che your cheerleader. My husband was a really good cheerleader. 
um, like, you can do this, honey. I know you can. You've got this. And, and so that was really important as well. So finding those people who are in your camp that can help you when you're feeling low and remind you, my, my friend Edie, who's my accountability partner, was the one who would always remind me, like, don't make it about you. Make it about them with what you have to give to them. And so mm. her voice is always in my head when I'm writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What, what, what was that accountability structure like? Like, did you guys have a weekly call? Was it 30 minutes? Did you tack? Like, what, what was that like? We've never had like a, like a formal, like this is, we're going to call every day. Like she, we're just, um, and some, it goes through phases. Sometimes we talk every, every day on the phone. Sometimes we don't talk for a week or two, but we do have kind of this, um, tacit agreement between the two of us that we will always be honest and open. Like even when you don't feel like you can be real with everybody, like I'm always real with her and she's always real with me and about like what the heart of the matter is. And, um, you know, sometimes our phone calls will be all about whatever issue I'm going through. Sometimes it'll be all about whatever issues she's going through, but there's always that honesty. And also like, I, I think we're well suited to each other because we're very different and yet we're both willing to be vulnerable and also, um, like say hard, hard truths. Like we, we're not, neither of us are afraid to tell each other like, okay, yes, I totally understand how you're feeling, but why don't you look at it from this perspective? So mm, we have talked mm. each other off the ledge many, many times, but <laughs> in a really good and positive way. I would say that I yeah. am a much better person because of her. Hopefully that's great. She would say the same about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she would. That That's fantastic. I think that's such an important part because the accountability is, is so important, but more than just having someone who holds you accountable, it's having someone that will give you the brutal facts and the brutal yes. truth, right? Yeah. That will call you out when on your blind spots, that will check you. And that, at least for me, has been the, the most beneficial thing. It's like when someone will just say it and you don't want to hear it, right? It, yeah. it, it hurts <laughs> at yep. the time, but you know that it's in your best interest. Yep, for sure. So obviously, five books in five years kind of insane and and that's on top of having a thriving blog that you're constantly having to write content for right so with all that and not to mention having kids like how do you do it what's the method to your madness and and maybe what are some tips tricks pointers things that you've learned along the way that you're able to produce content at such a fast clip well, I am definitely a morning person and I, I know that my best writing time and my best content creation time always comes in the morning. So I always try to set aside at least a couple hours in the morning for creating content, whether it's writing blog posts, whether it's writing emails or um, creating content for launches or whatever it is, because I do do a lot of that content myself for all the different areas that we have. So if I'm updating Elite Blog Academy, that's when I'm creating that. But when it comes to writing books, usually I know that I need a bigger chunk of time every day. So I will instead of normally, you know, my kids get up for school around 6.30 or 7 and then they go to school at 8. So if I'm getting up at, at 4.30 or 5, I have an hour, hour and a half before they get up and then the whole rest of the morning is shot. So during book writing time, I will get up at four and I will go to my office, which is we have a, I have an office down in the downtown area where our little town that we live in and I'll go there and work there. And so I won't see my kids in the morning, which thankfully I can do that because my husband is a stay at home dad and he's got that covered. 
but, and I don't love doing that. Like I don't, wouldn't want to do that every day, but for a period of six weeks while I'm writing a book, then, then that definitely works the best because I know that that's my time. And then the rest of the time, rest of the day, I can do the rest of my job and, you know, deal with all the stuff that goes along with running a business. Um, when I have that morning time to create the content. So is that when you create all of your content, like even blog posts and all that stuff, or uh, yeah. is, do you kind of spread it out? That That's it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Usually the mornings, mornings is content creation time. And then, you know, once the rest of the world is awake, I find that it's really easy to get distracted. <laughs> and I have, and I have to be like uh, real. I have a whole team of people now. Like my, I, I write a lot of the content, um, for everything we do. That's still like one of my main tasks because that's what I really love and really enjoy. But I also have a, a team of people who are helping with all the other aspects of running a, a large online business. Mm -hmm. And and that's that in itself is a, is a full-time job that happens between the hours of normal, regular hours too, because you've <laughs> yes. got communication with the yeah. team, you've got management of the team, you got all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what have you done... It sounds like going back, so you had the blog. Um, the blog came first before any of the books, right? Yep. Okay, yes, so I started the blog in 2010. Cool. So you, you had the blog, um, then you started doing some of the books. How, how did that change your business? How has that led to more business? Like I know they're, they're two separate properties, but they kind of feed together. Oh, yeah. It totally changed everything in my business. I mean, my blog was, was doing well. It was a very successful blog for just for what it was. It was, you know, it had good traffic. It was doing well. I had my, almost all of my income came from ad network revenue and it was significant because it was, I had lots of people that were coming to my blog. And then when I started writing books, especially with how to blog for profit, it was my first realization that having my own products was way more powerful than ad network revenue could ever be. So that was where I was like, oh, I think I need to change my strategy a little bit. And I'm a pretty strategic girl. So um, I started really figuring out like different ways of doing business. So that has, it's completely changed my business model, I would say, from where I was when I started blogging to where I am now, which is I, I even, you know, I am a blogger, but I am an entrepreneur and my blog is not my business. My blog is an asset of my business. It's one of the ways in which we, you know, help serve our audience, but we have lots of other different things. So I've developed, we developed Elite Blog Academy, and then we developed uh, the Living Well Planner, which is our our life um, planner, day planner, organizer um, that's been extremely successful. And then books have been a great, a great product as well. And we have lots of, lots of future ideas for products as well. So it's, it's it's been a really fun, fun road, but books are like the first, the first step down that road. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Are, now are the, for you guys, are the books the money makers or is it that the books lead into things that are m bigger money makers for you? Um, the books make money, but definitely lead into bigger money makers. And I would say that the books have been great um, they're a great way to build credibility and to build your platform and to build an audience and they help with all of that different stuff. And, um, so they all kind of work together, but like the higher price, the higher price products definitely are more, more profitable than a, a $10 book is ever going to be. So, mm -hmm. but what's, what's been great is like for our planner, for instance, we, we launched our planner in December 
2015, and we ha we set it up on our website so that there you could buy the planner or you could buy the planner with a book bundle. And I would say that 15, 15 to 20% of the people who purchased the planner also purchased the book bundle, which had at the time three, like three of my five books in it, mm. which was great. I mean, so it was, it was like they all, they all kind of work together. So the more mm -hmm. products you can create, if you have lots of books, once they all kind of work together to create this brand and this lifestyle that people are attracted to. Got it. So it's inter it's interesting how it's become this little ecosystem, right? You've got the yeah. books which feed into the blog, which feed into the planner or into other books or into your courses. You've got the books which feed into the courses. Um, you've got the blog which can now has books, so it's something else that you can sell, like you said, beyond ad network revenue and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're all kind of they're all kind of pointing back to they the all other work things. Together. Yes. Yep. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Now, how do, how does someone go? Like, what's that path from book to blog? What does that look like? How how does that usually happen for you or for or for your readers? Um, I I'm not sure I understand the question. Yeah. So, and like, when people, do you find I guess from a traffic standpoint, are a lot of people getting oh. the book, and that's their first that's their first kind of. Uh, time that you enter their world and then they find the blog? Is it usually they find the blog first and then they go in there or, or what does that look like? It's That's been really interesting and it's actually been a lot of both. So, you know, with the self-published books, I would say, well, you know, with it's, it's different because they're for different markets. So with how to blog for profit, that opened up a door to like people that weren't blog readers at all. And it continues, it continues to, it's for people who are looking for information about blogging. They find that book and they find me. Um, but for within my own audience, the living while spending less audience that at first, you know, I got momentum because I had a pretty big, um, pretty big audience to begin with. So when I launched the book, especially living while spending less the first time, like my, my, my own audience was super excited and they all went out and bought the book. And then that kind of started to build the momentum. But now I have lots of people that find that book. They see it in the airport. I think it does really well in the airport for some reason, <laughs> because everybody I ever, <laughs> that I ever get an email from is like, I bought your book in the airport. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> or people text me pictures all the time. I saw your book in the airport. <laughs> Maybe that's the only place that it's actually sold. Anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, that one has definitely like expanded my, expanded my audience because people find it from other places. And so, and the other books too, not quite to that same scale, but they find me through Amazon. So you're reaching a whole other different audience, which is really cool. It's a, it's a great way. It's, I, it's actually my favorite way to, to build an audience right now, because I think that the people who are buying from you are actually who end up being way more loyal and way more engaged than um, the people who are just kind of there for no apparent reason. And so they're just, you know, they stumbled upon your blog from Pinterest, but they have no real connection or anything. Once mm. you've bought a book or read a book, you're way, way more connected to the person. So that's been, that's actually been a really great way to, to grow my audience because I feel like it's a much more engaged audience than it ever was. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's awesome. Now, what, um, why do you, why do you think that living well, spending less, why do you think that that was kind of a, of a smash hit, more of a mass market book that was really successful and growing your platform beyond what you were doing with your blog? 
Well, I got really lucky with Living While Spending Less because uh, they decided to put it out on December 30th was the pub date, which is like like kind of a dead zone for everything. And um, it just happens to be that that week between Christmas and New Year, even though it's dead for almost everybody, always is like the biggest traffic week of the year on my blog. Mm. And so the publisher didn't know that when they picked the date. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, I mean, everybody was like, that's a terrible date. I can't believe you have that date. It's after Christmas. Nobody's going to buy that book. And it was tricky navigating pre-sales before Christmas for a book that wasn't coming out until after Christmas because before Christmas people are only interested in Christmas <laughs> yeah yeah and so we I think we did that in a really creative way that actually ended up being really successful um, but what the benefit of that was that no other books came out that week or maybe like three other books came out that week so boom it immediately shot because my audience was big it shot to number two on Amazon stayed in the top 10 for probably a week a good week or maybe even longer than that, which is no small feat. The only book that was beating it at the time was Unbroken. And that was the same day, like the movie, came, I think the movie came out on Christmas. Um, oh man. <laughs> so I couldn't beat Unbroken. Yeah. But, um, so it was, it was so high that Amazon took notice of it and they began cross promoting it with the life changing magic of tidying up. You know how Amazon mm. does that, like frequently purchased together thing. Mm -hmm. So for about four months, it was, promoted to, as a frequently purchased together with the life-changing magic of tidying up. Well, the life-changing magic of tidying up is still like the number one book on Amazon. <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, you can't, you can't get any luckier than that. Like, yep. I'm not going to, like, I th don't get me wrong. I think it's a great book. I really, I'm really proud of it, but I got super lucky and I think everybody needs to know that. Like, and I did a lot to promote it myself. I did a lot to get it to that number two spot on Amazon the first day. Like that was really like we worked our tails off. We had a great launch plan. But from there, I just got lucky. It's, you know, I've heard it said it's better to be lucky than good. And sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes that's really true. So from there, but you know, there was a downside to that too, because it's a Christian book. And, um, which is fine with me and that's fine with my readers because that's understood. But because the life-changing magic of tidying up is not a Christian book at all. People, a lot of people bought it that were then surprised and offended that there were Bible verses in the book. So I got a lot of actually negative one-star reviews because it had the book had, it was a Christian book and which, you know, at the, in the end of the day, what am I going to do? I can't, it, the book is what it is. And that's not, I'm not going to take that personally, but it also, like, like there is always a dark side to, to being lucky. So yeah, that was, if there was a, if there was a negative, that was it. People bought the book, but I, I, my hope is that people bought the book who maybe would never have touched a book like that before. And, and it helped them in some way. So yeah. there was there's always that too. Okay. So a couple follow-up questions to that. Um, when you said you had a really good marketing strategy and plan that you guys executed, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that. Maybe the highlights, top three things that you guys did that yeah. really, really moved books. And then also, okay. um, the, you said you had a creative way that you pre-sold books before Christmas, even though it yep. was going to be released after Christmas. I want to hear more about that. Okay. Well, let's talk about that first. Cause that's part of, part of the marketing strategy. But basically what we did for living well, spending less is we had this concept that we wanted to do a challenge because my readers really like challenges we wanted to do an email challenge um, so it was called the um, 12 secrets challenge where each 
each day, it would be a 12 day challenge. Each day was based on one of the chapters of the book. And so we wanted to record video for it. But I was like, and my team was really, really pushing to have it be like an evergreen thing that we could promote all the time. And I was like, that's great, but we, it needs to be something related to Christmas. And they're like, well, if it's related to Christmas, we're, it's not going to be able, we won't be able to use it again. And, and so we kind of went back and forth and I was like, I think we can do both. I'm like, if we just edited it in two different ways, like we took the same scripts and the same filming and filmed two different endings with two different, slightly different challenges, but that were related. One was Christmas and one was not, and then had a different intro we could make it work. And so that's what we did. So we filmed um, this whole challenge and then we filmed two alternate endings. And then the guy did a beautiful job of like creating one intro that was totally evergreen and one that was totally um, Christmassy. So the Christmas challenge was called the stress-free Christmas challenge. And we had over 30,000 people sign up for that um, stress-free Christmas challenge before Christmas. That was all related to the book, but it was totally focused on Christmas. And so people were really excited. And then one other thing that we really did um, before Christmas, because at Christmas time, um, publish or not publishers, but the bookstores come out with coupons for books that like randomly that they don't come out with the rest of the year. So we, we were watching Amazon and Barnes and Noble every single day. And anytime there was a coupon, we emailed our people and said, Hey, if you want to pre-order Living Well Spending List right now, you can save 15%. Mm. So those things made a huge difference um, in terms of pre-sales. Got it. And and these were coupons specifically for your book or they were just coupons for 15% off Amazon for or something? 15% off any book, any book at Amazon or any book at Barnes & Noble. And so people could have bought any book that they wanted, but obviously we were encouraging them to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got it. Love it. Any Anything else was, that – sorry, good. Oh, I was going to say I did that even for my, my newest book that came out, Unstuffed, um, even though it didn't come out till April – I kept watching for coupons before Christmas, and um, when a coupon came out, I emailed my list and said, hey, you can pre-order Unstuffed. So we actually got a lot of pre-orders way back in December for a book that wasn't even coming out till April. So oh. it definitely it definitely works. That's a great strategy. And one that, like my publisher, every time I would do it, they're like, oh, this is so smart. I'm like, are you guys really not watching these to make like you should be having every single one of your authors do this? So I don't know, but <laughs> maybe it's because I'm living well, spending less, and so I'm used to like my readers liking coupons. But mm-hmm. it definitely made a made a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> Things that make you go, hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's great. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement what what are some maybe one or two other things that that just looking back you said hmm that worked really well that moved a lot of books or it was something that that yeah. was a good part of your marketing strategy um one thing another thing that worked really great is um we had a um a 
for living while spending less, we had a, a bonus that you could, a purchase bonus that was a digital um, home planning workbook. So you could get the, you'd get the PDF. So you'd fill out a form once you bought your book and you could get a, a download this home planning workbook. So people really liked that. And for Unstuffed, we did um, something similar, but even on a bigger scale than that. So people, and you can still get, you can still get this, but um, it's like a whole, you get access to a whole website. So that has all sorts of tools and resources that you can use and a workbook that goes along with the book and the videos and um, what else is on there, a desktop organizer. And we, we did an app this time around. So there's actually an app that goes along with the book and yeah, there's a whole bunch of different freebies and goodies. So I have found that added value seems to be really good. I think for, if I'm going to be totally honest, I think we probably went a little overboard for unstuffed and we could have done less and had mm -hmm. even maybe a bigger impact. So don't feel like you have to do all of that. Like the, we did this PDF workbook for a living while spending less and it was hugely successful. And that was just one, one thing. I think it was uh -huh. actually easier for people to grasp. Hmm. And then I did Facebook ads advertising, um, the book, with the with the freebie and then with all the instructions and for some reason my audience seems to really respond to facebook ads that have like a ton of text and really like detailed instructions like first you do this and then you have to do this and then like they think i think they think that the more steps they have to go through like the better deal they're getting so they really liked that so that seemed to be really successful as well uh interesting so you you guys were driving a lot of a lot of facebook ads for the most recent book and and that was pretty successful for you guys Yep, for sure. Got it. How long did it take you to kind of dial that in? Was it profitable from the start? Is it Was it just leading to the book? Was it also leading to freebies that led into the course? Or what did that funnel look like? Um, No, for, for the book ones, it's just been for the book. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been – those ones are pretty successful because – that's that audience tends to be a pretty inexpensive audience to market to. So it always with Facebook advertising, you know, it always depends on what what market you're trying to reach. Um, but moms and women seem to be a pretty, especially women who are interested in decluttering or saving money, seem to be a pretty inexpensive audience to to reach. Um, so that makes it worth it. But if you're if you're trying to market to a much um, more niche audience or something that's harder to reach or a lot more money to reach like for when we run ads for elite blog academy for instance that audience costs a lot more like i would never be able to pr like justify promoting a book on on amazon for that audience because it would never be worth it mm. on facebook got it got it yeah that makes sense and what so what are the mediums that you use to reach that audience um well we still use facebook for that audience um for elite blog academy because it's a much higher price product so it is worth it but the cost per conversion that we're getting for that is it's well way more than what you would want for a book you know what i mean got so it got it so you just don't run too straight to a book you run straight to something else that leads into the program right cool yeah Okay, well, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but let's talk a little bit more on this. How, how have you used the books to to grow your business and to the, to grow your following and just kind of the whole ecosystem? What are ways you've leveraged the books to build into that? Um, well, two of my books have been books that we did in conjunction with um, a 31-day challenge at Living While Spending Less.
So those have been a lot of fun and those have been a great community builder. So those two books are 31 Days to a Clutter-Free Life and 31 Days of Living Well and Spending Zero, which we did two subsequent Octobers. And so the way I did those is I knew I was going to run the content on the blog. So I, we wrote everything ahead of time. So I wrote all the blog posts, 31 blog posts way in advance, did like formatted the whole book, got the whole book ready to go. And we did like a soft launch of the book. So it wasn't like we didn't announce it. Um, but then we announced that we were going to be running this challenge. And so the challenge started October 1st, but we started promoting it in September 1st. And it was an email challenge. So, I mean, the, the posts were going to be posted on the blog, but we also would encourage people to sign up to get the emails every day. And it was all the same content. So it was the same content that was in the book, same content that was on the blog, same content that was in the emails. I think sometimes people are really scared to repurpose content in that way or to mm -hmm. like if you think they think – I can't put the best stuff on the blog because then I can't use it in my book or vice versa. Like I'm like, use the content over and over again because it's a totally different medium, a book versus an email versus a blog. And even if it sounds familiar to people, I mean, a lot of times they need to hear it more than once anyways for it to actually sink in. So mm -hmm. never feel bad about repurposing content. I never feel bad about repurposing content. So That's a great I, tip. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, and like you said, like I do create a ton of content. I am very productive when it comes to content. And even then, like I still need to reuse it and get ideas from different stuff because there's only so many hours in the day. So we did all of that. And we had, I think for our first 31 days of, to a clutter-free life challenge, we had um, almost 90,000 people sign up um, to, for the emails. So we had added 90,000 people to our email list just from running this challenge. And then we also offered people the opportunity to buy the book, like, you know, like, Hey, by the way, if you want everything in book form, you can get the book. So that ended up being a great, um, a great way to use the book to promote the blog content and vice versa. And then you to use the blog content to promote the book. Cause people tend to like it in different ways. I mean, I'm like that. If I like a book, I will buy, I'll first buy the Kindle version because if I don't want to commit to a book and very much, so I'll buy it on Kindle. And then if I like it, I'll buy the Audible version too so I can listen to it again. And then if I really like it and want to take notes, then I'll buy the hardcover. <laughs> <laughs> so I end up buying books three times like because I want to listen to it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just weird, but I do that all the time. <laughs> no, totally. Because it strikes you in a different way in the different mediums. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, love that. Now, what are what are some things that you guys have done to leverage the books on the back end to, and to make money off the back end of the book? On the back end. So we, um, we really tr work towards getting people's email addresses. So that's mm -hmm. always an, like, if there's printables in the book, then, you know, you have to get your, use your email address to get the printables so that we can then use that to promote whatever other things that we have going on. So if we have, then we have a course or especially for how to blog for profit, you can go and get our free um, blog planner, but then you're on our email list. And so then you, we can tell you about uh, Elite Blog Academy. So there's, you know, there's different ways that we, we have done it that way, but we really encourage people. We're very big into email. Um, that's, oh, that's definitely our top focus more than any sort of social media or anything like that. It's always, how can we get people on our email list? Got it. So everything leads to email. And then from that might lead to the courses might lead to the uh, other things like that. Yes, for sure. Cool. Now is, is your model on the back end? Is it more, 
Is it more just the courses? Do you guys do in-person stuff? Do you do the consulting stuff? Like, or is it mostly course focused? Um, right now our two big, big products are elite blog Academy and then the living wall planner and the, and the shop. Um, so we don't do in-person stuff. Um, (laughs) I used to do speaking uh, more speaking, but recently I've said no to pretty much every speaking opportunity just because I think it's really important to be aware of your time and what, and your, and what your time is worth. And when we really did the math, I think, I think it was Michael Hyatt that had this calculator when he was promoting his best year ever course last year that you could like plug in what you, what your projected income was or what your, your wished income was for the year and figure out how much every day was worth. And when I looked at that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do any more speaking. Because so, <laughs> I'm not, they're not going to pay me $50,000 to show up, you know, not that mm-hmm. my time is worth $50,000 a day, but there's just not like it's, it is worth a lot more than I realized it was worth. Yeah. And so I, I have found that just try not to divide my attention too much and stay focused on those core things that I know are going to, first of all, help my audience the most because that's, that's the most important thing. But also when my, our whole mission is to eliminate overwhelm. And so if we're overwhelming our, if I'm overwhelming myself, I am not being a good leader to, to the the people I'm trying to serve. So that's really, I'm trying to live out what I'm, (laughs) what I'm Mm. sharing as well. That's such a great point. I love that message. And that's, it, it sounds like this is like one of my favorite books of all time. The, the one oh, thing. I am, I am seeing that book on, or listening to it on my Audible. I've read it and that's the one. I have the hardcover and now I'm listening to it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I've got, a, I've got two copies within arm's reach just I right now. <laughs> I love that book. It is so good. It is so good. In fact, we were just, and I had my whole team buy it just this week because I was rereading it and re-listening to it. I'm like, we all need to just yes. focus on what is our one thing. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny you mentioned that because I'm about to buy them for our whole team. And we're going to do a little book club because it's just, yep. it, it's, it's in the theme of what you were just talking about is noticing or recognizing what your one thing is. And then being just a samurai shielding off everything else, right? Because speaking might be profitable. Live events might be profitable for you. There's all these other things that your books could lead to, but you know what the most scalable and profitable use of your time is, and you're focusing 100% of your efforts on that, not splitting them in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. And the But the thing I like to tell people too is, especially like in Elite Blog Academy, is I feel like with entrepreneurship and with bloggers and authors and this whole new world that we're in of trying to figure out like how to make a living do like with information there, there are some different phases that come into play. So I think the first phase is very much like just finding your voice, figuring out who you are and what you have to share with the world. And that's an important phase because if you don't know that, and if you're just trying to copy everybody else or, or write about something that you don't really, aren't really passionate about, but you think is going to be profitable, then you're probably missing the mark. So you really have to hone in on that. And then you get to what I call is like phase two, which is the throwing spaghetti against the wall phase. And that's a super important phase for every entrepreneur. That's Mm -hmm. like the hustle phase where you are like, does this work? No, does this work? No, does this work? No. And you need to, everybody needs to go through that because it's really easy to say, I'm just going to do my one thing or I'm just going to focus in on the most important thing. But if you don't know what that is, cause you right. haven't been trying enough things yet, then it doesn't really help you. And I, 
and and then you get to a phase like where I do feel like I'm more in the like refining phase where now mm -hmm. I have figured out what works and I what doesn't work. And if I stay in the spaghetti phase, I'm going to make myself crazy. But if I if I would have tried to move out of that too early, I would have not probably found the right thing. Does that make sense? <laughs> Makes great sense. And that's where the stop doing at the point you're at the stop doing list becomes way more important than the start doing list. Mm -hmm. Right. Very but so, yeah. true, true to exactly what you were just teaching about. I mean, that's if we go to earlier in this interview, that's exactly what you did, right? You were, your one thing was the blog. And then you said, Hey, I'll throw spaghetti with this book. And then that took off and you said, Oh, Hey, maybe I should do a course. Okay. And then that took off and then it, it went out from there and now it's changed your business to be what it is today. Uh, and now you're in the refining phase. So I think that's yeah. a, a like great the refining phase. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. It's a lot less stressful. <laughs> if you can make it through the, the spaghetti, spaghetti phase, phase. <laughs> which I think is where most people get tripped up, right? Yeah. But if you can sure. make it past that, it, it, it does get better. Yeah. Okay. Couple, yeah, sorry, I, go. Oh, sorry. Well, I just, I, I hear a lot of people saying like, you should only be working 20 hours a week and you should, that's the only way to do it. And if you're working more than that, then you're working too hard. And I always go like, okay, I don't know any successful entrepreneurs <laughs> who in the spaghetti phase work 20 hours a week. Like it's Definitely great. Not. I could maybe work 20 hours a week now because I have people to help me and I can afford to pay them. But there's no way. I mean, you, when you're in that phase, like don't feel guilt. Don't let anybody make you feel guilty because you're working more than 20 hours a week. Just don't preach do it. it forever. <laughs> preach it. <laughs> Love it. All right. A couple final questions. Um, what's been one surprising way that your book has benefited your business or maybe just one surprising way, either you've made money off the back end or it's an opportunity or something that happened that you were just like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. say probably what we've talked about already with writing uh, how to blog for profit just because that was such a departure from my normal audience and my normal focus and to see everything that's come out of that because that really that whole side of the business just completely grew out of just randomly deciding to write this book one day because and I wrote it because those were the questions people were asking me and and then later um, it was so funny because I was at the launch conference and I heard Dan Miller speak and uh, do you know Dan Miller he's mm -hmm. one of those national people and um he so he was speaking and it was like this biggest light bulb moment because he's like anytime somebody asks me the same question three times I create a product for it and that was like oh my goodness then that's what I need to be doing like it totally changed my whole life that one sentence of his and um that was where I realized like that's probably why elite why the, that How to Blog for Profit book has been so, so successful and why Elite Blog Academy has been successful because it's been answering the questions that people were asking me. And so if you are struggling to figure out what it, to write about, I would say, what are the questions people are asking you? Write about that and then go from there. Oh man, that is gold. <laughs> I love that. That that might just, there might be a, a, a domino effect from Dan to you <laughs> to me because I have a feeling that's going to change my life. Uh, that one quote right there. It was life-changing. Yeah, Dan just had me on his podcast not too long ago, and which was so sweet. And I was like, you don't even know how much you changed my life. Like, you are like my one guy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Now, what, what would be a parting tip or a piece of advice uh, for someone who's thinking about writing their first book? Maybe they've been thinking about it for a while. Maybe they've even started it. But what would be a piece of advice that you give them? 
my piece of advice I would say is first of all, like if you're struggling with feeling like you can't do it, you can, and just focus on what it is you have to offer and how you can answer the questions. Like put yourself in your reader's position. What are they struggling with? What are they, what's keeping them up at night? What are these questions that they're dying to know the answers to and nobody's explaining in a way that they can understand? If you can do that, if you can get that and feel that, it'll help you get through the process and get through your own insecurities enough to write an amazing book. Love it. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for for coming and and for chatting with us today. This has been really, really good. And it's been awesome getting to hear your story, the the pivots, the throwing spaghetti, the challenges, (laughs) the everything. It's been a really good time. Where can people go to find out more about what you're doing and your books and all that good stuff? Yeah, they can find me and all my books at livingwellspendingless.com. Or if you're interested in Elite Blog Academy, growing your platform, you can find me at eliteblogacademy.com. Awesome. Ruth, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode or on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important in helping the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.